0: his sinful talk but a righteous man escapes trouble from the fruit of his lips a man is filled with good things as surely as the work of his hands rewards him the way of a fool seems right to him but a wise man listens to advice a fool shows his annoyance at once but a prudent man overlooks an insult a truthful witness gives honest testimony but a false witness tells lies reckless words pierce like a sword but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. There is deceit in the hearts of those who plot evil, but joy for those who promote peace. No harm befalls the righteous, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. A prudent man keeps his knowledge to himself, but the heart of fools blurts out folly. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in slave labour. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. A righteous man is cautious in friendship, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The lazy man does not roast his game, but the diligent man prizes his possessions. In the way of righteousness there is life, along that path is immortality. A wise son heeds his father's instruction but a mocker does not listen to rebuke. From the fruit of his lips a man enjoys good things, but the unfaithful have a craving for violence. He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Ben. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this wonderful gift of relationship that we have. Thank you for our relationship with you and the way we can relate to one another as well. Uh, And the way that we can express that in things like uh, hobbies and hospitality coming up next week, uh, wonderful opportunities for us to spend time together and uh, we thank you for um, the gift of words as well and the way that we can use those uh, to build each other up in the faith and uh, we pray you'd help us as we reflect on the importance of words. Now, uh, please, would your Spirit be working in each of our hearts in Jesus' name? Amen. Well, uh, every time we get in the car at the moment, we've been uh, listening to some Colin Buchanan songs. And uh, for those who don't know Colin Buchanan, he he sings these uh, Christian songs that uh, kids, once they hear them, they seem to be obsessed with, and Uh, There's a song which he covers which actually came out sometime in the 50s. Uh, It's called, Oh, uh, oh Be Careful Little Eyes, What You See. And one of the verses goes, Oh, be careful little mouths what you say. And it says that three times. Uh, There's a father up above, and he's looking down in love. So be careful little mouths what you say. And Colin Buchanan's got a a pretty funny version of that one where where he adds a few few little details. Uh, And it's a great... Uh, It's great for kids to to learn the importance of of the words we use and the way we use them. Uh, And it's, of of course, also great for us as adults. Uh, And it sums up quite well, that that song sums up quite well what our motivation should be when we use our tongues, uh, our mouths, specifically our words. Because God hears every word that comes from our mouths. So we have to take care in the way that we use our words. We must be wise with our words. Uh, we've started a, a new series in the book of Proverbs. and um, We started last week and we saw how, how God has graciously given his people this book uh, to help us to navigate life well, to live wise lives under him. Not by removing God from the picture, uh, as many people do today, but by trusting his son. And in this series, we're going to be thinking about different topics that come up in the book. uh, Topics like work, money, parenting, friendship, and today, our words. Uh, There's a poem which you may know by a man named William Norris, and it goes like this. uh, If your lips would keep from slips, five things observe with care. To whom you speak, of whom you speak, and how and when and where. And this poem touches on a number of things that we find in the book of Proverbs when it comes to our words. And this is in a lot of ways uh, more of a topical sermon, wh- which means we'll be, we'll be jumping around the Bible a little bit, so to do grab a Bible if you, if you haven't got one on you already. Uh, and even though it's slightly topical, there is one verse in the, in the reading that Ben brought to us, uh, which I think is a helpful starting point for us to kind of see the impact of our words and the care we need to take. With them. Uh, and we'll frame things around this verse. Uh, and the verse is chapter 12 and it's verse 18. Let me read it. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And this is a, a, a great verse because in it we see the hugely contrasting effect that our words can have. Words have the ability to, to harm us or to help us. Listen to these words. You're so annoying. No wonder you don't have any friends. Or, you're a great friend. I'm very grateful for you. Are you thick? How could you not understand? Or keep going. You'll get the hang of it. You're a disgrace. You're an embarrassment to this family. I'm really proud of you and in the, in the way that you handled that. If that's what you want, well, then go find someone else. Uh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I'll try and work through that. See, our words can help us or harm us. And it's especially true in the life of a church. There are many wonderful things that, that happen in a church. But it can also be a place where, where some of the most destructive things can happen. When churches are marked by words of gossip or slander, or anger, or lies, or bitterness. You may have vivid memories of times where where someone has said something hurtful to you, and it's kind of pierced you like a sword, as the proverb describes it. And it's the kind of thing that we we don't get over quickly. The scars remain with us. Uh, Such is the power of our words. But words can also help us. Words can build us up. They can help us through difficult times. And for all our memories of of harmful words, a helpful word can be just as powerful, if not more powerful. The book of James tells us that even though our tongues may be small, uh, they're also more powerful than we seem to realize. James says that the bit in in a horse's mouth is tiny compared to the horse, and yet it directs the horse. And he says, the rudder on a ship is is pretty small compared to the the whole ship, yet it steers the whole ship. And likewise, the tongue is is such a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts, he says. Uh, Google tells me that our tongues are, on average, just 3.3 inches long. Uh, So it is a, a very small part of the human body. But it produces words that are powerful beyond its size. And you can see why it's helpful for us to spend time Thinking about our words this morning, uh, given how, how varied the the uh, impact of them can be. As God's people, we don't uh, we want to use our words for good. Uh, so why don't we have a look at uh, this this uh, part of the book, Proverbs, and uh, we'll have two points that we'll look at. Uh, firstly, as I said, our words uh, our words can harm. Uh, what are some of these harmful words? Well, there are lies. Uh, Let me read verse 22. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. Now, for some reason, uh, more and more so today, I think, lies don't bother us as much as they should because people lie all the time to strangers, to colleagues, to loved ones, and even to ourselves. It's become very normal to, to tell the odd white lie, if, if the circumstances warrant it. But why do people lie? Uh, is it to get some sort of advantage, uh, lying about your your age or your income or where you live, if there's some sort of benefit for, uh, from doing that? Or perhaps it's lying to, to make ourselves feel good, uh, telling lies so that others will think more of us, lying on a, on a CV to get the job that you want. Uh, When I was a little bit younger, I always wanted to go over to the UK and and play a season of cricket. And uh, people from all over the world uh, used to do this, and and some still do. Uh, There are are Kiwis who go over, there are Aussies, Indians, uh, West Indians, South Africans, and and so on. And in order to find a club, you had to kind of list your credentials, give a CV. And I've heard of some stories of of people lying about how well they'd done uh, in their careers and Uh, lying on their CVs and then turning up to the UK and doing terribly and being found out. And that can happen in, in any profession, can't it? But there's no end to the number of reasons why people lie. Proverbs shows us the consequences of lies. Verse 19 says, Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. In other words, lies get found out. But lies don't only damage us, uh, they damage others as well. Chapter 25 eight, uh, verse 18 says, Like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow is the man who gives false testimony against his neighbor. Lying is, is basically twisting words. It's, it's giving inaccurate information. Sometimes it's done in an attempt to save face. We, we've done something wrong, but uh, or we see an opportunity to blame it on someone else. And one of the big problems that liars have is is kind of keeping track of all the lies that they tell. Whereas when you tell the truth, there is no such worry. There may be immediate consequences to to telling the truth, but in the long run, it will be for our good because truthful lips endure forever. Uh, Or there's one chapter in uh, in Proverbs 24, uh, and it's verse 26 that says, An honest answer... Is like a kiss on the lips. Uh, And you can take from that what you will. Now, thinking about lies, in in John's Gospel, Jesus tells us that the devil is a liar and that he is the father of all lies. And we know that lying is an abomination to God. It's repulsive to him. Why? Because it goes directly against who God is. Now, think of Jesus' words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, Lies have have no place alongside the truth. It's honest and true words that will help us as God's people. So lies are harmful, but so is gossip. Uh, Chapter 16, verse 28. A perverse man stirs up dissension, and a gossip separates close friends. Or chapter 18, verse 8. The words of a gossip are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Uh, And what it's getting at is people love gossip. When someone tells us juicy information, we love love knowing things about others. And and for some reason, we particularly love it when it's negative. And we love being the one who who kind of shares that information with others. But gossip betrays Mm -hmm. confidence. Saying the wrong thing to the wrong person, and it's often speculative, something we haven't heard from the person themselves something we wouldn't we probably wouldn't discuss with the person if they were there uh, which tells us we probably shouldn't be doing it uh, at other times it's sharing something that we've been told in confidence talking about a, a work scenario that we shouldn't be discussing outside of work or discussing something about a family member knowing that they told it to you in confidence a trust can be betrayed Uh, And it is a a fine balance at times because there are times where it's appropriate to to share something that that someone has shared with you so that a person can be cared for well. That's not always our motivation. Uh, If we find ourselves in a position where we receive information that that is gossip, uh, just as important is how we will respond. Because it's not impossible to, to shut down that kind of conversation. And I think it's particularly important that we don't encourage that kind of conversation as Christians, uh, which is a lot easier said than done. Sometimes we, we fall into these conversations and before we know it, we're in this awkward situation knowing something that we probably shouldn't know. Uh, but the good news is we can still be wise in those situation, uh, situations and, and, and ensure that we don't continue for that, uh, that gossip spreading. Now, it may also mean that We need to have a a quiet word with someone uh, from time to time. It may mean that someone has to have a quiet word with us. There's a saying that goes, with every unkind word that goes unconfronted, a reputation dies. And we need to think of others and the the impact that our words will have on them. And remember, our our words don't just matter to us. they, They matter to God as well. Verse 13 of our passage says, An evil man... Is trapped by sinful talk, but a righteous man escapes trouble. Find a way out of those conversations where where you know you'll be tempted to to blurt out some gossip. Ask God to to give you self control if you find yourself in those positions. So that's gossip. Uh, Another type of word that can cause harm is smooth talk. Uh, Chapter 7, verse 21. With persuasive words, she led him astray, she seduced him with her smooth talk. Or, or chapter 28, verse 23. He who rebukes a man will in the end gain more, more favour than he who has a flattering tongue. Be wary when, when people are excessively complimentary. Sometimes people do this when, when they want something from you. They'll pile on the compliments. And in their minds, they've been kind to you, so you owe them one. Uh, the other time to be wary is, is when people won't tell you Uh, what you need to hear. They'll only tell you the the positive things. Uh, And I heard a great example of this the other day uh, uh, when it comes to things like those uh, talent talent shows like New Zealand Idol or Britain's Got Talent or The Voice. Because some people enter those contests who who should never enter it. Uh, And they they genuinely think that they've got talent and and a chance of winning. Because over a period of time, people haven't had the courage to tell them the truth, and in some cases they really do become a laughing stock. So be wary of flattery. One other way that our words can harm is is when we speak too quickly or out of anger. Uh, chapter 17, verse 27. A man of knowledge uses words with restraint. A man of understanding is even tempered. And James picks up on this as well. My dear brothers. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. See, when we speak without listening, when we speak hastily, we can do a lot of damage, not only to others, but even to ourselves. We often say we, we can't take things back. Uh, there's a story of, of this young man who was visiting his grandmother, and he tells her that he's been guilty of kind of spreading gossip uh in the local community and he asks her for her advice and she tells him well go and get a bag of feathers and so he does and she says go and place one feather on every doorstep in the neighborhood and then man, so the man for the man the young man he goes and does it as he's told uh, and he comes back and his grandmother tells him now I want you to go back out into the neighborhood and put them all back into the bag and bring them back But just as the young man is about to head out, he realizes that the southerly's been blowing and those feathers are everywhere. Uh, And he he says that to his grandmother and she says, yes, and and so are your words. You can be forgiven, but you can't get them back. Uh, And that's true, isn't it, when it comes to our words. Proverbs 13.3 says, He who guards his lips guards his life but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. Uh, I like Abraham Lincoln's take on this. He says, Better to remain silent and be thoughtful than to open your mouth and confirm it. Uh, and while while that's a, a fairly funny quote, I found it funny. It doesn't sound like the rest of you did. <laughs> uh, there are times in life where, where silence is actually better. Giving ourselves time to listen. Uh, giving ourselves time to pray to reflect. Now one final thing that it's worth saying when it comes to using our words uh, to harm others uh, and it's rega- in regards to the words that we type because we can we can sit at home, we can type away, muttering under our breath as we go and we can do this without even having to, to look someone in the eye and these days we can even do it anonymously uh, with all the different forums and, and websites that allow for comment and all we have to do is just type away and Hit send. But these are also our words. Typing words doesn't mean they're they're disconnected from us, because our our words, even the words we use online, matter. Our words can cause harm. Uh, that's the first point. Uh, the next one is slightly shorter. Uh, our words can be helpful. Now, uh, the second things that, that that's the second thing we we see. In the book of Proverbs, Uh, let me read verse 18 again. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. See, while words can do great damage, words can also be powerful for good. They heal, they uplift, they restore, they refresh, and they do so much more. Think of those moments in life where you're feeling a little bit down or, or, or really down. And someone says something kind to you out of the blue. And it's hard to describe how much of a a change a helpful word can have on us. Proverbs 10.11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. The right words at the right time can be life-giving. Or Proverbs 25.11, A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. There's a richness to them. They are valued, treasured by the recipients. Proverbs 12:25 says, uh, "Proverbs 12:25, sorry, which which in our day speaks volumes." Uh, says, "An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up." Proverbs 16:24, "Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones." Are there times where you speak these kind of helpful words to others? We know the the effects that they can have on us when when someone writes us a a kind email or or a letter or sends us an encouraging text message or or even when someone encourages us with a a verse from the Bible that we needed to hear. It can really help us to, to ease some of the burdens that we feel in life because words show that someone cares Words remind us that we have the support of others. Words uh, remind us of the grace that God has shown us. Uh, Are those the kind of words that we are sharing with one another? Uh, Proverbs twenty five fifteen says, "Through patience, a ruler can be persuaded; a gentle tongue can break a bone." Uh, And that one has a slightly odd end: "A gentle tongue can break a bone." Uh, But I think the point is a a gentle tongue can uh, achieve more than we actually realize. We don't have to yell. We don't have to be angry or or harsh in our words or our tone. We can be gentle and and still achieve uh, many outcomes. Proverbs 26.20 says, Without wood a fire goes down. Without gossip a quarrel dies down. Uh, Again, so often when we find ourselves in a a disagreement of some sort uh, with someone, our our natural response is to kind of throw as much wood onto the fire as possible. You said that though, but you did this. You're the one who started it. But without wood, the fire goes out. I think we'd we'd all agree that our our words are important. But for many of us in the moment, we, we do forget that, don't we? And we don't give enough thought to the words that come out of our mouths. Uh, This has been a a hard week for me to preach on this topic because God has shown me uh, ways that I continue to to fail in some of these areas, ways that I've chosen folly when when wisdom was an option, Uh, and maybe that's something that you can relate to. Uh, I said at the beginning that glorifying God begins with our tongues, but God's word tells us something deeper. Uh, Luke 6 says, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Now I can't see your heart, and you can't see mine. But our words give a reflection of, of what's going on inside our hearts. Our words tell us what our hearts are really like, and it's it's not a pretty, pretty picture. Uh, more often than more often than not. The gospel story is one that reminds us that we need new hearts not hard hearts of stone hearts that are made new by God's spirit and that's what we should be praying for as a church as people whose lives are are so intertwined who, who let each other down from time to time and who let others down in the way we use our words. We need to pray that God's spirit would transform our hearts and that uh, the change would would show itself in the ways that we speak. Uh, my sister is a couple of years older than me, and uh, when she was at school, there was a, a girl uh, in her year who was a little bit of a bully. And uh, from memory, she she didn't sound like the kind of person you'd you'd want to be around at all. Uh, but fast forward many years, and and she's now a completely different person. Uh, lips that once cursed now full of God's praises, and they're actually friends now. Uh, and it's, it's really incredible uh, to see the way that God has changed her heart. And it's very evident uh, to those who knew her when she was younger, uh, and, and that's, that's sometimes the case. As, as people come to know Jesus, as they come to trust in him, the way they use their words changes for the better. It's only through him that we'll use our words as God wants us to. In life, when people speak harsh words to us, Uh, what will we do? What do we normally do? If we don't retaliate, then we probably withdraw from them. That's that's definitely been uh, my experience at times. Uh, But aren't we lucky that God doesn't treat us like that? Every time we use our words in in ways that dishonour Him, He doesn't turn away from us or, or give us the silent treatment as we're tempted to do with others. What He does do, He draws near to us. And he's the one who who made his dwelling among us. The word became flesh. That's Jesus coming into this world as a man. He says, Come to me, and I will give you rest. So, how will we use our tongues? To harm others or to help them? Why don't we pray that it would be the latter? Let's pray. Uh, In the psalm that Joel mentioned earlier, Psalm 19, uh, David prays, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Heavenly Father, we pray that David's prayer might become our prayer, that our words would be a reflection of hearts that long to please you and honor you, because you are indeed our Lord, our, our rock and our redeemer. And we thank you so much for that. And we do ask for your forgiveness for the ways that we have used our words to harm. Father, we ask for your healing where we've been hurt by the words of others. We thank you that in Jesus we have one who who doesn't abandon us despite all the harm that we have caused. Please would you restore us and, and help us in our speech by your spirit, and in your name we pray. Amen.